Welcome to the 10th episode of Ukraine War Uncovered, podcast about the war in Ukraine. Today, 509th day of the Russian full-scale invasion of Ukraine. My name is Pavlo and my colleague is Anna. We are Ukrainians and co-hosts of this podcast. In this podcast, we will uncover facts and stories about the war in Ukraine, some of which you may not hear from the mainstream media. We will provide you with key weekly updates about the war based on information from the ground, connect with eyewitnesses and experts directly from Ukraine, and share stories of wartime life inside Ukraine and stories of temporary displaced people. We will also uncover Ukraine, its culture, language and history for you. In this episode we will cover heroic Ukrainian railways, Ukrzaliznitsya, the largest European country that has flights banned could have been paralyzed for many months without the railways. Now it is the main way to get from one side of Ukraine to another, not only for Ukrainian citizens but also to the world leaders. We will also cover what Ukrainian railways have to do with ChatGPT, St. Nicholas and Greta Turbin. So let's move to the topic of the week. We will provide a brief info on how Ukrzaliznitsi became core element of Ukrainian diplomacy, as well as a few exceptional initiatives that make Ukrzaliznitsi unique railways in the world. Before we start, we want to tell you about the unbelievable resilience showed by Ukrzaliznitsi. One of the phenomenal things that Ukrzaliznitsi did is they managed to deliver on time the train that was shot by Russians. On May 3, 2023, one of the carriages of the train Herson Lviv was hit by missiles in the Kherson station. Employees of the railways dealt with the fire and changed the carriage and then the train covered distance of approximately 1000 kilometers and arrived exactly on time to Lviv. The train was met with a round of applause there. As usual, we drop a bit of a stats here. Ugarzeliznitsa rescued more than 4 million people, including 1 million children, 2500 wounded civilians and 120,000 animals. Ukrzaliznica delivered 11,000 tons of humanitarian aid and served 324,000 tons of mail deliveries. 227 foreign delegations traveled by Ukrzaliznica, including 7 out of 9 G7 member states. 9,227 employees joined Ukrainian army with 319 being killed by Russians and 703 injured. Now we will dive into more details about the miracles that saved Ukrainian transport system. Ukrainian railways transported all world leaders visiting Ukraine during the full-scale war. According to the interview conducted by Visit Ukraine, the trains that are meant for the world leaders are highly secretive and a maximum of 10 people know how, who, where and when they should meet. Now Ukraine has a team dedicated diplomats that accompany world leaders in their carriages as they are traveling to Ukraine. Vliz traveling, the VIP guests can try traditional Ukrainian cuisine by Yevgen Klopatenko, the most famous Ukrainian chef, including borscht and sirniki. The latter were particularly liked by Anthony Blinken. Ursuna von der Leyen is a vegetarian and asked for a respective menu. Vliz Boris Johnson didn't mind trying salo. British delegation particularly liked Ukrainian wine from Kherson and asked for a bottle to go. An interesting situation occurred when the British delegation was asking for milk for their teas and the milk finished even before entering Ukraine. Ukrzeliznica arranged a new supply by 4 a.m. 
at one of the stations, so British diplomats would have tea with milk in the morning. Carriages are usually tailored to particular leaders traveling. For example, when the president of Germany was arriving, the carriage where he was sleeping had a bouquet of Iris flowers to show gratitude for the Air Force defense system called Iris Tea and a card saying Liebe and der Luft, the love is in the air. Boris Johnson Boris even exchanged his famous hat with the London tube logo to the hat with the emblem of Ukrzeliznitsa. He gave his London hat to one of the employees of Ukrainian railways. He was later noticed wearing it in London. Mr. Johnson also became the first member of the loyalty club of Ukrzeliznitsa after using it for his third time to travel to Ukraine. Greta Thunberg At the end of June 2023, Greta Thunberg visited Zelensky and it did, of course, with Ukrzeliznica. Ukrzeliznica said that the Greta is their special guest as she promotes railways as a more sustainable alternative to flights. Ukrzeliznica gave a Greta a cap made of recycled bed sheets of the railways as a sign of support of environmentally friendly initiatives. Speaking about new initiatives, female-only carriages. The most recent and well-discussed project was the introduction of female-only carriages that is meant to improve security of women. The price for such carriages is equal to regular tickets, and women will be able to bring their sons up to six years old. The initiative was supported by more than 25,000 Ukrainians who signed a respective petition at the president's website. Tickets to occupied territories. In November 2022, Ukrzeliznica, together with United24, started selling tickets for the first trains that will go to Crimea, Donetsk, Mariupol, once they are liberated. The trains will be called the trains of victory. The price is around 50 euros and the tickets will be valid regardless of the time of their use. Despite this, the main goal is to fundraise money to improve the quality of carriages and rail links with recently liberated areas of Ukraine. St. Nicholas train. For context, in Ukraine, children wait for St. Nicholas on St. Nicholas Day, which is 19th December in Eastern Christian traditions. To come and to put a present under their pillows provided that the children were good during the year. In December 2022, Korzeliznica, together with UNICEF, announced that they will deliver around 33,000 presents to children at the liberated Ukrainian territories. The head of the railway said that Ukrainian skies closed for flying sledges, and those St. Nicholas will use their trains to deliver the presents. The Christmas train also included a theater carriage for a mini performances for kids who can come to the station. For those who can't attend the train stations, local governments arranged home delivery of the presents. Chat GPT. In May 2023, railways announced that they will use the Chat GPT to deal with customer feedbacks and complaints. Ukrazelizniti received 1,300 feedbacks per day and they were handled manually before. Now, ChatGPT will sort all feedbacks into 21 categories and will assess the most problematic areas of the service. It is meant to speed up the customer support and improve the quality of services provided. Lost items. On its Facebook page, Ukrzeliznitia announced that most unusual items lost on their train. Car number plate, medical corset, horse riding ammunition, machine for seed growing and bishop's rope with a pack of crisps inside. It has also noted that 68% of lost items have been returned to their owners. 
Now let's speak about economics of railways during the war. Losses. In June 2022, the Forbes Ukraine interviewed the CEO of Ukrzeliznica and found that Ukrainian railways is the main mode of transport for exports in Ukraine, covering up to 50% of all exports put from Ukraine. He also said that in the first few days of the full-scale invasion, they managed to rescue almost all trains and carriages, unlike in 2014, when a few trains were left in the occupied territories. In the first 100 days of the full-scale war, the income almost halved and reached the point of 4 billion hryvnas per month, mainly due to the absence of the commercial transportation of goods. As of June 2023, the losses of Ukrzelizny were around 2 to 3 billion hryvnas per month. The gap was covered by the Ukrainian government. New markets Poland. A few days ago, Ukrzeliznica confirmed that they will expand to the Polish market and they have already registered an operator entity in Poland. It is meant to stimulate the transfer of goods between Ukraine and European Union. Only in 2023, Ukrzeliznica increased its volume of transfer goods by 32% in comparison to 2022. To conclude, we would like to cite the former CEO of, of Ukrzeliznica who said that the employees of Ukrzeliznica are phenomenal. Those who are we are ashamed of are fewer than 10. Those who we are proud of are thousands. We are proud of our railways and people who work there despite the war. Now let's move to the updates from the front lines. There has not been many news from the front lines this week. This mainly explained that Ukrainian armed forces maintain informational silence to protect their troops. We will keep you updated about any developments next week. Meanwhile, here is the most recent frontline maps from the Institute for the Study of War. So, in Bakhmut direction, Ukrainian forces reportedly made limited territorial gains on Bakhmut's southern flank, while Russian sources claim that Russian forces made limited advances on Bakhmut's northern and southern flank. As to Zaporizhia direction, maps report the following. Ukrainian forces continued counteroffensive operation along the western Donetsk and eastern Zaporizhia oblast region border and reportedly main, made limited gains. Ukrainian forces continued counteroffensive operation and reportedly made limited advances also in western Zaporizhia region. Ukrainian forces conducted operations on at least three sectors of the front as of July 15 and reportedly made limited gains. According to the New York Times, reported that the Ukrainian military has adjusted its strategy to minimize Ukrainian casualties while continuing to attreat Russian forces, supporting ESW's previous assessments. Now let's move to weekly news update. On July 11th, that night Ukraine was attacked by the Shahed drones sent by Russia. Ukrainian air forces shot down 26 out of 28 drones. The debris from the drones caused a fire in the Odessa grain terminal. Zelensky has attended a NATO summit in Vilnius. Here are the key insights of the day one. Joe Biden agreed with the formulations of the conditions for Ukraine to join NATO. Conditions themselves remain secret. 
Stolenberg confirmed that NATO will expand its military and political support of Ukraine. Crucially, he said that Ukraine will receive an invitation to join NATO only when all parties will agree to that and certain conditions will be met. He didn't specify the conditions, but he said that Ukraine will become a NATO member. NATO will provide half billion US dollars on an annual basis to modernize the Ukrainian army and speed up its transformation to meet NATO standards. The Minister of Defense Alexei Reznikov announced that the coalition of states that will train Ukrainian pilots for F-16 jets has been formed. Ukrainian pilots will start their training in August 2023. On the 12th of July, day two of the NATO summit in Vilnius brought this kind of news. Olaf Scholz confirmed the supply of additional Patriot complexes to Ukraine. Norway will provide Ukraine with 1,000 of spying drones as well as two NASM systems. First F-16 military jets should be in Ukraine in 2024, according to Kuleva, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine. Japan will provide Ukraine with the systems of drone detections, Japanese Prime Minister said. Australia will send 30 armed Bushmaster vehicles to Ukraine. On the 13th of July, that night, Russia kept attacking Ukraine with drones and missiles. Nevertheless, Ukrainian air defense forces shut down 20 out of 20 drones and all caliber missiles. The debris hit a few residential buildings in Kyiv. Famous Ukrainian tennis player Elena Svitolina lost to a Czech rival and left the Wimbledon tennis tournament after reaching the semi-finals. The Wall Street Journal reported that after the Wagner coup in Russia, around 13 military leaders in Russia were arrested, including the General Surovikin. 15 officers were fired. On the 14th of July, AFP News following Erdogan reported that Putin agreed to continue the grain deal. Conditions of the deal have not been disclosed. Despite the ongoing war, Ukrgazvedobuvanya, the state agency that is responsible for oil and gas drilling, has made its deepest mine of 6,600 meters. Bulgaria announced that it will send to Ukraine 100 armored vehicles. Ukrainian Chief General Zaluzhny stated that the in intends to return the Crimean Peninsula despite the fears of Western partners. He also said that the Ukrainian army complies with its promises to conduct strikes on Russian territory only with Ukrainian weapons. On the 15th of July, President of the South Korea, Yoon Sok Yol, made an announced visit to Ukraine. He visited Bucha and had a meeting with the President of Ukraine. It's the first visit of a Korean president for the whole history of the diplomatic relations between Ukraine and South Korea. He supported Ukrainian peace formula and promised to support the rebuilding of Ukraine. It's been reported that Putin still wants to keep the private military group Wagner even despite the coup. Nevertheless, he wants to put his own commander to lead Wagner. The Wagner warlord Prigozhin denied this statement. United Kingdom reported that it has trained 18,000 Ukrainian soldiers since the start of the full-scale invasion. On the 16th of July, according to CNN, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan confirmed Sunday that the U.S. will allow European countries to start training Ukrainian fighter pilots to use F-16 fighter jets, after reports that Europe was awaiting formal approval. 
On the 16th of July, Suspilne reported that Ukrainian Marines and SBU attacked the Crimean bridge using Marine drones. However, this information is not officially confirmed at the moment of this podcast recording. Some experts argue that this could be Russian provocation to undermine prolongation of the Black Sea grain deal aimed at transporting grain from Ukraine to other countries, including those in need and dependent on supply of agriculture products. This is not the first time Russia has used the grain deal as a blackmail tool to lift sanctions. According to Ukrainska Pravda media, the Russian Foreign Ministry announced the withdrawal of the Black Sea grain initiatives, shipping security guarantees, which ceased to be in effect on, on the 17th of July. It is a strange coincidence that the Russian withdrawal from the grain deal came on the same day at the last day of the grain deal and the same day at the alleged attack on the Crimean bridge. Now, the Russian foreign ministry is demanding that Western sanctions on Russian artilleries and food be lifted in exchange for the continuation of the grain deal. Now let's move to the week in the history of Ukraine. Today in this blog, we would like to share with you two events from the history of Ukraine. So, on 16th July 2010, the first international film festival took place in Odessa. It has become the largest event in Ukrainian cinematography. Here are a few key points you need to know about it. It was created for popularization of the Ukrainian intellectual movie among Ukrainian viewers as well as to support and promote talented directors in Ukraine and abroad. The most awaited event at the festival was the open-air cinema performance at the Potemkin Stairs, a gem of Odessa. The silent movies, films without sound, were shown there, they all are accompanied by the live orchestra. The festival also incorporates numerous events like film industry office for pitching new movies and finding connections, filmmaking school, gala evening and many many more. In 2023 the festival will be held in both Odessa and Chernivtsi. We kindly invite you to attend if you can when you have a chance to do so. It is unforgettable experience, especially for us and the natives of Odessa. The next event is not one of joy, but of tragedy. The day we record this podcast of the marks another anniversary of the downing of flight MH17s by Russia-backed forces over eastern Ukraine. 17 July 2014, Malaysian Airlines Flight 17, known as MH17, was scheduled passenger flight from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur that was shot down by Russian-controlled forces on 17 July 2014 while flying over eastern Ukraine. All 298 people, 283 passengers and 15 crew were killed. Contact with the aircraft, a Boeing 777-200ER, was lost when it was about 50 km from Ukrainian-Russian border, and the wreckage from the aircraft fell near Grabova in Donetsk region, Ukraine, 40 km from the border. The shootdown occurred during the war in Donbass, over the territory controlled by Russian separatist forces. The responsibility for investigation was delegated to Dutch Safety Board DSB, and the Dutch-led joint investigation team, who in 2016 reported that the airliner had been downed by a book surface-to-air missile launched from pro-Russian separatist-controlled 
territory in Ukraine. JAT found that the book originated from 53rd anti-aircraft missile brigade of the Russian Federation and had been transported from Russia on the day of the crash, fired from a field in rebel-controlled area, and the launch system returned to Russia afterwards. The findings by DSB and JAT were consistent with the earlier claims by American and German intelligence sources and claims by the government, by Ukrainian government as well. It was also confirmed by UK's based investigative collective Billingcat. On the basis of JAT's conclusion, the governments of the Netherlands and Australia held Russia responsible for the deployment of the book installation and began pursuing legal remedies in May. 2018. The Russian government denied involvement in the shooting down of the airplane and its account of how the aircraft was shot down has varied over time. On November 17, 2022, following a trial in absentia in the Netherlands, three defendants, two Russians Igor Girkin, Sergei Dubinsky and the Ukrainian separatist Leonid Kravchenko were found guilty of murdering all 298 people on the board flight MH17. The Dutch court also ruled that the Russian was in control of the separatist forces fighting in the eastern Ukraine at that time. That is one of the reasons why we say that the Russian war and aggression against Ukraine began in 2014 and in 2022 marked a full-scale invasion. And now let's move to the word of the week. Slava Ukraini! We went every episode saying glory to Ukraine. After 10 episodes, we finally decided to unpack the meaning and history behind this famous expression, better late than never. The slogan was born in Kharkiv. At first, the full motto sounded glory to Ukraine, glory all over the lands, and was used by Kharkiv students as early as the end of the 19th century. In 1917, the Ukrainian War of Independence broke out to Kyiv. People replied, glory, glory to Ukraine, to the slogan, long live the autonomy of Ukraine, at release in different parts of the country. Later, glory to Ukraine became the motto of the Ukrainian soldiers fighting in the Ukrainian-Soviet war. The slogan became popular in various environments. The Black Cossacks military formation of the army cavalry in 1918-1920 of the Ukrainian People's Republic greeted each other with glory to Ukraine, glory to the Cossacks. Now, the slogan is associated with several notable events in the modern history of Ukraine. The Orange Revolution of 2004, the Revolution of Dignity of 2013-2014, the anti-terrorist operation in the east of the country after the annexation of Crimea and occupation of Donbas. In 2020, the parliament officially approved glory to Ukraine as a greeting for the Ukrainian armed forces and the national police. It has always been the slogan chanted by fans of Ukrainian sports teams. Since 2022, glory to Ukraine has become the symbol of Ukrainian defense against Russian unprovoked aggression. That's it for today. In the next episode, we will cover the work of heroes who do not wear capes, invisible savers of the lives of civilians and soldiers, Ukrainian volunteers. We will try to explain the phenomena of Ukrainian volunteering movement and provide you with particular insights about their day-to-day -day life. Please don't forget to like and comment on this episode of the podcast 
We will also appreciate it if you subscribe to our channel and share the link to this podcast with your friends. Thank you for being with us today and see you next week. Actually, hear you next week. Glory to Ukraine and Slava Ukraini. Now you know what it means. Glory to heroes.